Welcome, you're listening to On The Sly. Holden, how you doing? Good, I can't wait. It's Christmas! It's Christmas! Just to set the scene, I'm loving that top and I've had to go and get into mine. Oh, mate. I, I, I've been, me through the purchase. I've been keeping my eye out thinking I want to get a Bengals top just to fully get on board that I'm into the NFL and I'm, in, I'm supporting the Bengals. And I, I didn't realise how expensive it was for the top. And like, yeah, it's not cheap, is it? Not cheap, and like the Bears are a fairly popular team, but the Bengals, it's not like there's not like yeah. decent second hands going that aren't from like like years ago or was like a, a famous player from years ago. And I wanted ideally a top from this season, and I managed to find one on eBay. I got it for like twenty quid, so it's second hand, but it's in perfect nick. You take that all day, don't you? Like that, yeah. They're vlogging that, and you got Barrow on the back. Butter on the back, and do you know what? Oh, I, like, I don't really like getting a footy shirt anymore. And when I used to, I didn't like getting a player on the like a number on the back. Since the since the Joe Cole saga. Since the Joe Cole saga, yeah. Killed it. But uh, I like this now. I've got numbers on the shoulders, on the back, on the front, everywhere. Three. Nine. Sixteen. Twelve. Eight point two. Four. That's number one. Everywhere, isn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I've got my Khalil Mack on. That Good. bears. Um, is that your one, your Bears one? This is like this is uh, the season before last. So we do the NFL fantasy um, every year, and I think as of about two years ago or three years ago. But anyway, I won it in the first year, and the winner gets a jersey of their choice. So this was my prize for doing that, um, for winning that. So Khalil Mack jersey, he's yeah. still there at the Bears. So yeah, all good. What have you been up to? The highlight was probably putting the tree up. Yes. Yeah, got the tree up. We did that on the what second. was that, a Sunday job or a Saturday? No, it was, do you know what? It was a 2nd of December job. I'm very much, I don't want to hear Christmas songs. I don't want to talk. I don't want to watch Christmas episodes unless it's yeah. the first or onwards. Yeah, I agree. You have to, otherwise it's when do you start. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it can get ridiculous starting in 15th of November or whatever. But we're well and truly into swimming of things now. So you done yours last night? Done it on, was it Wednesday? Yes, yeah. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday or Wednesday. Tuesday, I can't remember, but yeah, we want conservative view. We done ours on uh, Sunday just because we needed it on the 29th. So, uh, yeah, and obviously the big news this week is that lockdown is now lifted. We're obviously recording this on Thursday, which means that yesterday was the first day where the new tiered system is in, which means that we went to the pub last night, oh, me you and Ellis. It? It was good, mate. But do you know what? And as I'm speaking, I've obviously got my bottles of Stella in front of me. What have you got? Oh, I've gone for a little, uh, a big bottle of Amstel. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Uh, but what I would say is when you get back in the pub, you're oh. on the pints again. And the bottles of Stella, they're quite, dece- they're quite deceptive because obviously 4.8. So, you know, it's yeah. packing some, but 284 mil, that's about half a pint. Sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're back on the pints and you're, you're fucking feeling it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can easily nurse a couple of bottles of Stella. I mean, you could sink them as well, but you could easily... A s- couple of bottles of Stella will last you, like, 20 minutes, half hour at home. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? A pint yeah. is like you're, you're, you're sinking that within 20 minutes. I, I think what happened was I got in there, ordered my first pint, and I nicked that in about 10 or 15 minutes where I was just getting excited. <laughs> then I got another one. And then the starter came up. Um, and then I finished the Man. other point. I'd done two points in about half an hour. You're drunk. Which isn't like ridiculous pace, but it's fairly decent going. And 
Oh, mate, I was pissed. I was too pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And where you haven't been drinking properly. Then the third one came up, and I've got this fat pie and mash in front of me. And um, I started eating it, and I was just bloated to fuck. So <laughs> I, I had three pints. I was fairly, like, not like all over the place, but you know when you're a bit like, woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 Yeah. <laughs> pints in, you're like, let's just get married now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tell you, if I didn't have the food in front of me, I would have been going and going and going. It was one of them. You know, when you're feeling it and you're like, yes, yes. That's, but then I was yeah, too bloated. Yeah, you don't want. <laughs> I had three pints and an Irish coffee finisher and that sorted me nicely. I had a lovely evening. <laughs> um, do you like an Irish coffee, do you? <laughs> I don't mind one, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't mind one. With a meal as well, like, it's a bit more, if I go, oh, could I get a shot of Sambuca? I'm just sitting in with my bird. That's a bit. Savage, yeah, isn't it? Whereas, yeah. whereas an Irish coffee, it's almost a bit classy and you still get your <laughs> <Yeah>. shot. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was a great night out. And then to be honest, I came back thinking, should I just go to the pub every night now? Substantial meal every night for the whole of December. Yeah. I know it's not what you're supposed to be doing, but it is actually within the rules and I need to get out. So yeah, looking forward to getting out a little bit this month. Got a few um, shout outs before we go on to... Copperdale Christmas opening question, and we've got the five-a-side team coming back before we get on to some footy and NFL chat. But first of all, shout-outs. What's the shout-outs this week? Hold on. Shout-outs is for my gorgeous mate Nick of Nick and Holly fame, if you remember from uh, previous episodes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So They got uh, a civil, a civil partnerised. That's civilized. them. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They're happily uh, civilised. And they... Um, uh, Nick, listen... You remember all of the fallen troops who have got married and civilised and whatever else. <laughs> <laughs> this is great banter um, <laughs> um, yeah uh, he Nick listens quite a bit and he likes it but he said he just know, he's a Fulham fan he notices whenever Fulham comes up it's only in the capacity of saying Fulham map. yeah and I'm going to put a marker down here and say um, I was very impressed with Fulham on Monday and I, I can get behind the Forza Fulham 17th place because they've got I think out of all them sides, they're weird. Was it Monday they played? Monday, yeah, they played against Leicester. And they're weird. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, Before the main event, wasn't it? Yeah. Before the main event. When they've got, <laughs> when they've got Loftus-Cheek on the pitch, that, that centre mid whose name escapes me, got the assist, and Luckman. I think they've just got a bit of gold dust that could weirdly land them in a situation like a, a Villa. Defence leaves a lot to be desired, but I love Scott Parker as well. I love Scott Parker, Yeah. <laughs> I like to think so. I can, I can, I can understand where people's where people's uh, thinking is. Of course, I can. I, I also think that scarred a little bit, or that's helped a little bit from the last time we was here. And there's certainly a narrative. And at the same time, you can see goals like we was conceding early on in the season. So he's a, he's a top, he's a top man, and he looks like he's a good manager. He looks like the kind of guy that if he was if it, if he was my manager, I'd be running through brick walls for him. Yeah. Oh my God, you should have seen some of the attack and play. There were so many times where they were under the cosh, they were defending a lead and they were getting it in like a dangerous area. It was like, boot it. And they just like played these, this lovely counter attack where it was all risky, but really accurate, lovely technical passes. And I was very impressed with them. So I'm on the Fulham band, Rogan. Yeah, nice. I, I hope that they stay up. And I don't think, you know, a few weeks ago, I was thinking they might be like almost... Not not as bad as Derby with the record low points, but not far off it. But I think that they're actually going to give it a good go. I think that he's going to galvanise them. As you say, they've got Loftus-Cheek. I think he's a great player. Lutman's got quality. If they can, they're all kind of like 
inconsistent players, though, in the past, which is why they haven't now down um, places at Everton and Chelsea. I don't think that they've put a string of performances together consistently. So if they could do that at Fulham, then I think that they've got a very good chance of staying up. And to be honest, I hope Scott Parker does stay up. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, I guess that leads us on to our next shout-out, which is a, a little bit more serious, which is the passing of Papa Boobadil up. The, uh, the wardrobe, as he was known as at Fulham. And he, he did a stint at West Ham as well. Yeah. So um, he, he, was, he was a good player for us in the season we went up. And I know that he did a good, good job for Fulham when he was there. And I think that he was uh, much loved by fans and players. So shout out to Papa Boob. I can't believe he died at 42. Don't know what the calls were. I didn't see that, did you? He's in your lungs disease, yeah. Bloody hell. I know, horrible. Awful. So, yeah. Let's pick things back up, though. Um, final shout-out for the week. I'm going to give a shout-out to Enge because he's been tweeting us in. He's been listening every week. He's been enjoying his wines as well. I know he was saying he's enjoying the, uh, the Chilean wine that he was cracking on with in the week. And he also gave us a shout on the um, five-a-side team last week. We had a shout from Enge about Pablo Mari. Pablo Mari? Who's that? That's what I thought. And then I've just seen the Arsenal game kicking off there and then he plays centre-back for Arsenal. He's one of these that gets in the Europa team. Right. Hang on. Let me, let me get him up. Uh, so, Enge's uh, comment was he's upset to hear that Pablo Mari doesn't make the gorgeous swabber side team considering he looks like he's stri- straight out of an Armani commercial. I'm going to be honest. He lo- he's got a similar vibe to the way Wolves just clone players. He looks like another Ceballos or a... a uh, what do you call him? Who's yeah. Oh, he looks pretty in that picture. He looks a bit like the uh, Bruno Fernandes type. Yeah. He's all right. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he does, but slightly above that. We also had a shout from Jez Masilicroy shouting about Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think that that's a shout, really. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is a good-looking lad. And he he was talking about putting Rui Rui Patricio in goal. Instead of... Oh, the Wolves, The Wolves, yeah. And... I had a little go since we got that shout, and uh, he's a good-looking chap, isn't he? Really, really show. He is good-looking. He looks like he, he'd be good at holding you and consoling you. You'd feel safe in his arms. Um, similar to, like, Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah, I'm having that. Yeah, so we appreciate the shout-outs, obviously. We've got another five-a-side team coming your way later in the show. If you've got any shouts on that, tweet us in at Slyfair and on Instagram. But they were worthy shouts this week and potentially could have made our gorgeous five-a-side team last week. <laughs> All right, we've got a returning feature before we move on to the opening question, which isn't so opening this week, but we've got the Copper Del Christmas. And I know last week I said I missed the, the vote up the week before and I didn't let it run for long enough. And I was going to let this one run for three days at least. And I fucked it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I promise I will do it this week because we're going to have some more coming in this week. So last week we had... Quarterfinal number two, which was Band-Aid versus E-17. Now, Band-Aid won 67% of the vote versus E-17, 33%. So, Band-Aid goes through to the semi. Um, the week before we had last Christmas go through, we're going to actually speed things up a bit now. So, we're going to have two quarterfinals this week. Next week is going to be both semis. The week after is the final. The week after that is our Christmas special on the 23rd, where we will be recording the... So our version of the winner. So the other two quarterfinals for this week, we've got two three balls. So first of all, we've got Shaking Stevens. Remind me of Shaking Stevens, Holden, because you mentioned this earlier. 
Snow is falling. All oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to play it. For some reason, I thought that was... Um, does he just look like Rod Stewart, or does it, am I just pulling that out of my ass? I think he's kind of in that Venn diagram. Yeah, Shaking Stevens versus Fairy Tale of New York, which... Uh, was Jim's entry actually the Pogues obviously that's an absolute classic every time I hear that on the radio for the first time when you're driving along in a car I think yeah Christmas is here now yeah, and it always it makes me want to just get in the, in the boozer because yeah. I think it reminds me of like you remember the first Christmas you have in the pub like with your old man or exactly whatever that means, yeah. that in it and, and that I remember, it takes you back to that moment when you're about I don't know like 16, 17 or something and it takes me back to being in like the Colton round the pool table with like a pint in my hand thinking, fucking hell, Christmas is a bit different, isn't it, when you're an adult? Yeah. And it's absolutely <laughs> unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Like, there's not many Christmas songs where I'm like, imagineering around a boozer, but Fairy Tale New York, it goes off to be so yeah, that's a shout. I mean, that could be a strong contender for the win, but we'll see yeah. how the vote goes. So we've got Shaker Stevens against the Pokes, Fairytale, New York. And then our third and final entry for this quarterfinal is Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea. Now, so in the same way that Fairytale, New York has got a very specific place in the pub, everyone's laughing at each other. When you're, at, when you're at uni and you're driving home for Christmas. Oh, is that in it? And you can't yeah. to get home. Yeah. Yeah, even if you're like on the train or whatever and you've got your bag yeah. and you're like, yeah, get me home to my people. Yeah, any mode of transport will do really, will, will allow it. Yeah, so that, that's the first quarterfinal that we've got this week. And then we're actually going to do the other quarterfinal this week as well. So in, in the second quarterfinal for this week, which is the last one of them all, um, we've got Wizard. Wizard. Come on, kids. We're in the <laughs> well, you just might like to know. <laughs> how, how old was he when he filmed that? And presumably, he's not with us anymore. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say that it's unlikely. Um, I, I, I could do some maybe Googling in an ad break. Uh, yeah, it's unlikely. I'm fit, frankly. Yeah, but banging tune, and I don't know any other songs by Wizard. They're another one where they've just got they're sorted for life, aren't they? You may get into the vault, Will. You get in the Christmas vault, you're immortalised. Yeah, and they've been in the vault for as long as anyone. They have. So they're a worthy shout. Then we've got Mariah Carey, "All I Want for Christmas." Was she fairly new to the vault, but sort of masked as if it was an old song? I think she. Yeah, I think she must have been towards, what, 90s? Yeah, I can't... I, early I 2000s? It can't have been early 2000s. Yeah, I don't know. She's certainly not the 80s, was it? Because it's oh, Mariah Carey. No. Oh, God, no. But she, but, but very much uh, is a staple. Yeah. Oh, God, I've just checked. He's still alive, the wizard. Is he? Yeah. He genuinely is a wizard. <laughs> wizard. He's 74 now, which meant that can't be right. What? He was in his 30s when they were performing that on Top of the Pops. So, so no, I it must be a different member. He must have the Philosopher's Stone, lad. <laughs> yes, I know. He's Nick, yeah. What's it, Nicholas Flamel? Well, I shouldn't have told you that. I should not have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, Mariah Carey, and then to top off the last quarterfinal, we've got Slade, which uh, is an absolute banger, isn't it? Yeah, um, 
It's Christmas. That's the ultimate, isn't it? When you bla- when you bladdered in the pub screaming yeah. that someone gives it in and you get a big laugh for it. <laughs> out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it preferably a fat lad with a Christmas jumper that shows his belly. Yeah. And then you don't want to hear from him the rest of the night. He yeah, just pops yeah. up with that. Off you go. So yeah, that's it. So we got the, the, the first quarter final. Shaking Stevens versus the Pogues versus Chris Rea. Second quarter final, Wizard versus Mariah versus Slade. I'll stick uh, two polls on it on Twitter this week, and I'll put them on there for pretty much the whole week rather than just the one day. So we might get more than nine votes this week. And we'll see. Then we'll have the both semifinals next week, final week after. Boom. Let's Opening see. question. <laughs> Go on. Oh, yeah, do you want me to... <laughs> we might have to rebrand the opening question to more like the Super Bowl halftime feature. Hello, um, yeah. Fucking hell, not yeah. so open then. Yeah, it's not so opening. Um, opening question, Well, this comes in from yourself, a young William Holt. Um, you've gone for yep. quality, street, in this. quality Street, Roses, Celebrations, talk to me. Yeah, so what happened was, I saw something on Twitter the other day, and it was some bloke moaning about the amount of roses, like the ratio of his roses box. Okay. And I think it came, it was born out of how bored and how much time everyone's got on their hands at the moment. And this bloke had poured all of the roses out of the tin and was saying that he'd only got, I think, three or four of the purple one. But then he'd got like, a, I think, 13 or 14 orange creams. And he was moaning oh, about oh, it. Oh, yeah, not ideal. So it, ma- it made me think... What, first of all, you know, I, it made me think that, first of all, I like orange cream, so I would have been quite happy with that personally. Yeah. But then my mum turned up the next day with a box of celebrations. So it made me think, I'm going to test this theory on the celebrations. And you'll never, you will, you will know exactly which fucking sweet came out oh, on God. the top with the most. Um, the bounty. The ba- obviously, now, I'm par- obviously I'm partial to a bounty, but it's not the best one in there. It's obviously the least good. Are you partial to a bounty? I don't mind it, but it's obviously the not. It's obviously the worst one in there. Yeah. So I mean, it it got me thinking. First of all, for our opening question, roses, celebrations, or Quality Street, and then just kind of like thinking through the ratios and like, have you ever been pleased with the ratio? And just as a bit more background on that, when I did my count, I had what was it? Ten bounties. Terrible. 12 Snickers. I don't really eat Snickers either, to be honest. I t- I'll take 12 Snickers. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that's it. not for me. 13 Mars, which, Ooh. you know, that's for me, that's all like the shit here, isn't it? Mar- I think Mars bars are scandalous that people rate that chocolate bar. It's awful. It's stealing. For Mars, Mar- Mars walks it out of them three for me. Bounty and Snickers. Really? I yeah. think the others have got everything Mars does and more. Hmm. Not for me. Then I 12 Milky Ways. I like a Milky Way. And it's not often you'll go out and buy a Milky Way or get given a Milky Way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's right. It's a rare treat, the Milky Way. Yeah. You're not going to get it. It's like the cheese on toast category, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I was eating the Milky Ways, thinking, why don't I get these more? Like the big bars. Um, Then there were six Galaxies, six Galaxy Caramels, six Twix and seven Maltesers. Jesus. I'm partial to a Twix. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, the Twixes aren't bad. But again, you know, the, the crowd favourite, so the Galaxy, the Galaxy Caramel and the Maltesers, and they're the yeah. fewest. So they know what they're doing, don't they? You know what they're doing, these lads. 
I've got, I'm not gonna lie, Will. I, I, I think I need, I need a hero. I need a hero! Well, where's the <laughs> heroes in this? I need a hero! I need some miniature heroes! <laughs> yeah, I think I would like a miniature hero. That, now, I can't hear that song without, um, and it's gotta be chicken fried rice or whatever it is <laughs> off the fucking Just Eat advert. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> What are you saying on them though? Because they're 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 pretty big hitters. They've got all the hits in there, haven't they? The miniature hero. Yeah. Remind me what's in them. Okay, miniature heroes. We're talking dairy milk. Just so you stand up, uh, dairy milk one. Um, Cadbury dairy milk, caramel, twirl, whisper, eclair, fudge, cream egg, twisted. Yeah. So I mean, there's no there's no bounty in there for me. I'm not I'm not. I can't, all of those are edible to start with. Yeah. Then you've got, I mean, probably cream egg twisted is at the low end, isn't it? It is at the low end, but still, like a lot of people, not are, bad at all. Yeah. And the rest of them, I'd just do a lucky dip almost on them. I mean, I always rate the gallic, the 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 um, caramel ones, but my thing is, will I would question all great players, but do they gel as a team? Yeah, there's too many similar. There's too many people doing the same job in there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. You yeah. need a little fruity number or like yeah. a little <laughs> yeah. biscuity number to really like mix up the texture. Yeah. They're What's all the... attacking. Yeah. Like... What have we got in there? A whisper and a twirl. Whisper and a twirl. They could be centre mid to be fair to them. Yeah, but then you've got like dairy milk as a holding midfield player as well. You have, yeah. And and to, I'm I'm gonna be honest, I worry about the chocolate eclair's legs anymore. Yeah. Like, turn around in this day and age. Chocolate eclair's a bloody hard work as well, to be honest. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Ripping my teeth out. So what you're you're going for them? I'm going for them, you know. So you're if if you if you're buying yourself a tin this year, it's it's a miniature heroes. Or if if they're all the same price, of course, because obviously we know that you're buying yeah. whatever's on offer. Do you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably quality street, you know. Probably Quality, quality Street. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, for me, I think maybe Rose is better than Quality Street. Yeah. Quality Street, you've got better in terms of like Toffee Penny and Fudge Stick. Oh, you know, you, know you mean? players. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, and then the Roses, yeah. I don't know. Twitter saying Ask Life M with what, what your favourite tin is, uh, why, and also... What's your kind of god tier out of that, out of that tin and your shit tier? Because for me, I've just—I mean, this celebrations box got bought round when was it? Thirtieth of November, so four days ago. Any three days ago, they're all gone anyway. In three days, whole tin. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, returning feature number two: five-a-side team. So obviously, we mentioned earlier we had the gorgeous boys like last week in the five-a-side team. This week, we've gone for a different theme. And this was based, actually born out of one of our, our other pods where we were talking about a certain player that was cringing us out, weren't we? Yeah, you were saying Lewandowski uh, is a fringe. Uh, it's a cringe talk to me around why that's the case. Yeah, so I think we, we, we spoke about it before. This is the cringe five-a-side team, and it's all the players that cringe us out for various reasons. And the captain's armband for me, and my, my first entry is Lewandowski. If you watch his TikTok videos of him dancing, um, it is just horrible. And I think I spoke last week, so I don't want to go on about it too much. But you do lose respect for the man. I think I think he lost me at Salt Bay when it was videos of him getting the salt and doing it with Salt Bay. I was a bit like, come on. Yeah, you've let yourself down there. You've got all the money in the world. You've got like 
you're the top scorer in one of the biggest leagues in football and you're like in the top five best strikers in the world and you're doing that. Yeah, you scored four goals or five goals now, however many minutes. Like, you don't need to do the self-made thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. Grow up. So, yeah, we've got him starting us off. And then I think you've got a couple of entries in the five yeah, side. I have. Next, I'm going Jamie Vardy. few reasons. Um, he, he sort of put the argument out the window when I watched him on Monday night. But the amount of money that lad gets paid, get a haircut that isn't from 2001. <laughs> like that, that, you know, the Mohican spiky thing. Like, what are you doing, mate? Um, stop doing yeah, he's going to be wearing like a super dry polo with bootcut jeans and he's like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a terrible, terrible lad. Also, the, dri- the fact that he, uh, <laughs> he drinks uh, two cans of Red Bull before the game stinks oh. of, a mon- of drinking monster cans and working in CEX selling second-hand PlayStation games. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shout. In a professional football player, just absolute cringe. Like, uh, not to bring Paul, <laughs> he's absolutely the face of Brexit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he really got behind that, yeah, and didn't really know what he was talking about. Completely respect your opinions about leave, but Jamie Vardy telling me to do it, Christ. Yeah, not ideal. <laughs> Feel very passionate about that one. I do, yeah. <laughs> so we've got, uh, then to round off, we've got three up front and two at the back. So who's our third striker that you've gone for? I've gone for Ibrahimovic because I think he just needs to wind it in now. That thing that People, do you know when people give someone like a nickname and it's funny, but then when that and it's almost someone who's a bit dead, but they, it sort of raises them to a level because you've got this nickname. But when that person starts be, believing their own legend status and doing yeah. anything, shut up, mate. And when you see Ibrahimovic on Twitter going, "Oh, COVID tried to test me. You do not test Zlatan." It's like, wind yeah, wind it in. You're yeah, cringe, you're no one fucking cares anymore yeah. about Zlatan, do they? Mm. Um, yeah, worthy. I think at the back, so we've got two defenders as well. Talk us through your defender, and then I'll chuck mine in, and I'll take over on yours as well because I absolutely hate him. Yeah, I, yes, I think um, <laughs> has to. Be, well, I'm sort of torn about this because Jordan Henderson did a similar thing, but Teddy's I think was a lot worse because it was a one-off game. Um, he, the whole Teddy getting banned uh, and then wearing the Chelsea full kit for the Champions League lift oh. like was a bit cringe, I think. And I think in general he goes there with Vardy, like you you're in quite a bit of money, mate. Just get a decent haircut. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go for them as a cringe. Yeah, he's cringe. He's also massive grade A and I hate him. He's a scumbag. Um I, I didn't watch the thing, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but I didn't watch the thing with Anton Ferdinand the other night, but I've heard that John Terry came across very badly in that which doesn't surprise me. And I don't know why that's anyone's acting surprised by that to begin with. Um, He's just like a horrible bloke, basically. And we'll leave that there. Then we're going for Sol Campbell. To round things off. And mainly because, you know, the, the picture of Sol Campbell with his bum out, looking back at the camera. I'm not. I, have you not I'm seen not, this? You must have seen this. I've vaguely seen this. It gets posted by like Sport Bible or whatever, like probably every few months, and it's like tag that mate that needs to see this. So I, every every time I'm tagging Brandis in it because he hates Sol Campbell, doesn't Campbell, yeah. I think Sol Campbell was manager of South End. Did I tell you about this? Was this on the on the pod or was this before our podcast? I think I remember. You t- Go on, tell it again. Cause this is a great story. 
Sol Campbell was the manager of Southend a few months ago, probably just before lockdown, actually. We went for a park run one day, me and James and a couple of the other boys. And he lives in Shoebury. And Sol Campbell was manager of Southend. And he lived down the road from James at the time. Now, James is a massive, <laughs> massive Spurs fan, right? So he absolutely despises Sol Campbell. So we went for this park run anyway. And then afterwards, I've literally, I'm getting out of my car. James is ringing me and I'm thinking, fucking hell, what, what does he want? I've literally just seen him about 15 minutes ago. Answer the phone. And he's like, mate, you're not going to believe this. I was like, what? I've just been with you. What has happened in between me being with you? Like, I've, just, I've just gone into the baker. He's gone, I've just gone into the baker's and Sol Campbell's in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ruined his day. I was like, did you say anything to him? Like, no, did he fuck? So yeah, Campbell's like, yeah. built like a fucking brick shit house, isn't he? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> but do you know but what? But he has to get in because he's so cringe. Like, even when he was South End manager, he's like, post, like, South End were bottom of the league, and um, South End have got more problems than when Sol Campbell was a manager. But he was the kind of face behind their demise when they were in League One. He's putting all his shit on his Instagram, like, selfie of him on a train with a notepad being like self-improvement and all this crap. Like, you just think, what are you doing? Uh, uh, like, sort of, like, context, like, if your team aren't doing well, don't be... And Mourinho's got on that as well, which is weird. Yeah, but like Mourinho, Mourinho has credentials. Sol Campbell has no credentials. And he's managing a team that are, like, bottom of League One. And he's putting, like, we must strive to do better. Like, all this shit. You know what I mean? Like, stay it, positive. Do you know what I've heard? I don't know where. I can't remember where. Had, was he at Macclesfield or Doncaster? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Macclesfield. Apparently, he did a really good job and was a good manager and wasn't getting paid. And I, I remember hearing loads of players saying about how uh, how good he was, or at least in terms of like man management. But yeah, I just I, I don't know if it's taken out of context, but I always just think that you know that clip where it's. Um, Okay, so from that game, who's going through to the semi-finals in St. Petersburg from Brazil and Belgium? I think France. I think France. Then that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah the he's embarrassing, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Get him in anyway for the round off the five-side team. Then for the manager, we had a real uh, tough decision to make here because there's a few contenders. Who did you go for as a manager? Right. It would be no cringe five-side team without big pods. Big Alan Pardew, who... Um, after that dance went the when dance it, oh no I was just thinking the, the dance. dance yeah you just need to say the dance do you know what it, it's, <laughs> it's just mad though Rick. do you know like imagine being in a final being Crystal Palace thinking we might not be in a final like this for another 20 years and everyone else's go-to reaction is pure ecstasy and his reaction is the cameras are on me I've got to do something and he goes to the dad dance it's mad oh it out yeah he's cringe it's hard though with a manager because there's so many contenders. Like I was thinking, and obviously we've gone, we've gone for an assistant in Steve McLaren because you have to oh, after yeah. the whole Dutch, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal is a big team. What are your chances against Arsenal? I say, uh, I think we, we are not just uh, what you call underdogs, but massive underdogs. Yeah, so you've got to chuck McLaren an assistant. Anyway, tweet us in at SlyFM with your cringe players or cringe managers to get in the cringe five-a-side team. All right, I'm going to talk about some footy. Bad result for Liverpool this week. 
Yeah, it was it was bad, and I think rather than getting into Ovar and Paul Liverpool, I think the the box office thing that probably caught a lot of people's yeah, definitely like the, the length of an interview that normally goes on and ad breaks. The person who was the director or the producer went, "Hang on, let this just let this interview run a bit longer. This could be gold. This it could yeah. be like you know a Kevin Keegan moment. That could be an interview that gets looked back on or or cited on Premier League years. Um, the Klopp versus Des Kelly, and I've got to admit. When it initially was happening, I've got to declare my bias like it's a cause of law. I'm for the clop and just assuming my manager's being attacked. Was your yeah, I remember. Your... I remember. Te- oh, I texted you, didn't I? Kind of like as it was happening, yeah, or just yeah, after it, it happened. I thought I'm not going to get any kind of sense out of him here, but I'm going to do it anyway to wind yeah. him up. <laughs> yeah, I was too emotional, and you were somewhere in the middle. And I think you sort of fell down the side wheel of going. That was actually quite entertaining and both people made sensible points whereas I just thought Des Kelly was being an absolute prick and how dare you speak to I wouldn't see him front any other manager like that I sort of now can see do you know what there's two sides making valid points and there's not really a solution um yeah I think that it's quite refreshing to see a journalist take on a manager like that like not in a way that doesn't make sense or that's just like what's the word antagonistic but He's actually, he had good points and he was saying, you know, Klopp, I, thought, I thought it was pathetic from Klopp saying congratulations to BT for yeah, James Milner's hamstring injury. Yeah. So I thought that that actually was like that warrants going back rather than just being like, oh, okay, Jürgen or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, well, well done. Congratulations. Like, there's Kelly to then go back at that point. Then he had Klopp. And then it's like, yeah, there's, there's part of it where, Des Kelly's just kind of like doing his job and wants to get the box office interview. But actually, it didn't come across like he was forcing anything. Like, he was making good points. And as he said, if the, it, maybe it's something that they should take up with the club CEOs and the kind of Premier League executives where they don't give a shit about the players' well-being. They literally, the people that are running football clubs, not just Liverpool, every football club, does not care about the players and their injuries. The manager cares because it impacts who he can select on the weekend, but yeah. probably doesn't care for any other reason, to be honest. Like, probably does care for players' welfare to an extent, but ultimately, everyone's got their own interests, and that's what it comes down to. So, yeah, you it's, know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's every single person involved in it. Like, the managers and the players aren't ever going to like it because it, it's going to damage their, their careers and their ambition. And yeah. The, the CEOs of the clubs are getting judged on the financial metrics and they want as much money as they can. So they're obviously going to agree with whatever. And the broadcasters are in the same thing. So, you know, RBT going to put on fucking, what, Fulham against whoever it was that was on the Monday night <laughs> five o'clock game, Fulham yeah. Leicester, or are they going to put no. on Liverpool who are going for the title? It's a no-brainer. So you can't yeah. blame the broadcasters because they need the advertising money. And then yeah. the CEOs will say, we well, can't blame us because we need the money for the football club. So we're going to yeah. take the broadcasters' money. And it, so it's yeah. kind of one of those things where it's a bit circular, but yeah. the, the sides shouldn't be blaming each other, I don't think. It needs yeah. to come from the top, where it's like the Premier League does something about yeah. it. And do you know what? I think rather than putting me Liverpool by his head on, my thing is like Solskjaer's been kicking off about this, Lampard's been kicking off about it. It's now Liverpool's turn to go to the half 12 slots. I think that overwhelmingly, that half 12 slot, they've done a thing on the Athletic, it's overwhelmingly significantly more represented in injuries because when you've played and it's more specifically when you've played Wednesday and it's not often that that half 12 slot is the opportunity is to is to be filled by a team who's just played Wednesday the bit where it gets hard is that the 
Premier League have sold their rights in packages where they go, here's a group of games. So that rather than use all just playing at three o'clock, use a spread out. And also you've got to manage the watershed. So there's only a certain amount of hours in the day that they can squeeze these television rights into where people are awake. They also need to cater for the Asia market. So they need that early kickoff to be there. So Sky get the first pick and Sky pick Tottenham Chelsea. That goes on to Super Sunday. BT get the second pick and it's the half 12 slot. Who are they going to pick? Everton or Leeds or Liverpool or Brighton? It's unfortunate for Liverpool, but BT are basically like, well, what's going to get more viewing figures? Liverpool are asking a corporation who they accept money off to show empathy. And it's not just Liverpool, it's Chelsea. Yeah, it's not their responsibility to do that. They're taking the money. And also, to be fair, not just Liverpool, but all the big teams, they flog their players all over Asia in the summer. And jet them, jet set them around the, uh, playing every couple of day, days in in front of crowds just to get more marketing and more supporters all over the world. So yeah. I think it's more of a question for not just Liverpool or Man United or yeah. Spurs or whoever. Like it's a t- it's a question for the people running the football clubs and the Premier League to sort out. Not I think I think in this season that's especially why they're saying why the fuck are you picking us when we're playing every three days. Why are you picking us when we've just played on Wednesday? I feel more sorry for, to be honest, there was a game earlier this season. I mean, and to be fair, you know, the Wednesday to Saturday thing, I get it to an extent, but all the teams that play in the Europa League are playing on Sunday. They play at like one o'clock on Sunday every week. It's exactly the same yeah. time period. And do, do you know Spurs what? It's not that yeah. rare, really. Yeah. And, and I think at one point, Spurs played Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday or something earlier this season. Yeah. They had like three, and I hate Spurs, but they play three games in five days or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's half feeds into what Klopp's saying, that Klopp's like, well, I'm not the manager of them other clubs, I'm the manager of Liverpool, and even though Des Kelly can tell me I'm going about this the wrong way, me bringing this up when, when you've thrust a camera in front of me and millions of people are listening is actually quite beneficial because then people go away and we'll talk about it. But then on the other side, Des Kelly's going like, why are you fucking kicking off on us? Really, do you know who I think should say something and who gets paid? Why don't the PFA, who represent the football players and are paid to do that, come out and say, right, the amount of injuries that these players are getting yeah. in appearance fees, they've probably lost uh, to one player who uh, goes out for an injury for six weeks. We can actually equate that he loses £300,000 in not being available to be picked. Why don't the PFA come out and do that and represent all the players? And then the players can go, right, yeah, this isn't fair on us, rather than getting Jürgen Klopp to stick up for them. Because everyone goes into tactics of going, oh, Jürgen Klopp in the case about Liverpool, oh, Solskjaer in the case about United. Everyone, yeah, exactly. Yeah, come out really and say something. Yeah, agreed. Anyway. <laughs> Bit heavy, wasn't it? Yeah, we went in this. We were going to talk about VAR, but I don't know if I can be arsed now. Okay, so look, looking at the fixtures this week, there's some big games, old rivalries, and I guess the Saturday night game being one that hasn't been played for a while, Chelsea-Leeds, that, kind of, that rivalry goes back for a while. They've not played each other in a number of years. And there's fans back this weekend. I was just watching the start of the Arsenal game. Obviously, we're, we're recording this on Thursday. Even though the Arsenal fans are just dead. Um, and there's only 2,000 of them. It was quite refreshing to just see, like, actual people in, oh, in the, the crowd. Do you know what I mean? That's good. I haven't seen it yet. That sounds quite nice. Yeah, it was, to be honest. Um, and they're, they're, they try and bless them. They are Arsenal fans. So, they're not making loads of noise. But making a little bit of noise, like, chants and stuff. It's just nice to see people back in the stand. So, yeah. Chelsea leads. That's the eight o'clock game on Saturday. And West Ham Man United is the one before. Two big games, really, for Saturday night there. It is. What do we, yeah. think, what do we think about that? I, 
you know, I don't, I still don't really rate Leeds that much, but they still, I think they won last week, didn't they? Oh, they God, I, I think that, do you know what? It doesn't matter what the score is going to be. They're still going to create 57 chances a game. So Yeah, whether they don't score or they score one or they score five. Yeah, exactly. I think they're brilliant to watch. Like you say, Chelsea and Leeds hate each other. I didn't realise how much they do. Yeah, quite an old rivalry. I'm not really sure what it's born out of. I know that there's a number of players that play for both teams, actually. I'm trying to think now. Like oh, yeah. Hasselbank, Mike... D1. Yeah, Jimmy Floyd. I was yeah. thinking Michael Dubry, actually. Little <laughs> Dubry. Dubry. <laughs> yeah. Dubry. Um, tweet us in, FM if you can figure out any more Chelsea and Leeds players. But, yeah, I think I fancy Chelsea for that one. And obviously, the West Ham Man United game before, we were on fire at the moment, especially at home. I think we've conceded the fewest goals at home in Prem. So, Ooh. I kind of fancy our chances there. But that's, that should be a great game as well. Unfortunately, I didn't get a ticket in the farcical ballot where there's only 2,000 tickets. I'm pretty sure they're just being sold off to the highest bidder, to be honest. But, yeah. um, as I say, it'd be nice to see people back in the crowd. So, Maybe Chelsea. I've, I've got um, Mendy and goal, and he's been doing bits since I shouted him out and got him in. They're going to keep a lot of clean sheets. I'm not sure if they will against Leeds. Um, if uh, it's, it's tough to call with Leeds, as you say, they create so many chances, but can they finish them? I probably, I probably fancy Chelsea to get a few goals against Leeds. So it's just a case of whether Leeds can score to keep up with them, in my opinion. So maybe stick Werner in this week. Then we've got the big one on Sunday, the North London derby. Spurs Arsenal at 4:30. How do you see that one going? Um, I've said at the start of the season, despite Arsenal looking a bit crap now, I think for a one-off game uh, where he's not expected to win it, Arteta can be quite good. But then he's yeah. also meeting a fella who's also like, no, no, I- I'm even better at doing that than you. So is it going to be, be another nil-nil? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see who actually wants the ball. It'll probably fall down the side of Arsenal wanting more of it and Tottenham being just a bit too streetwise for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't like the way that Arteta sets up. Well, I don't like the way Arteta sets up generally recently. I think they've been so bad. Yeah. They're winning again tonight in the Europa League by quite a convincing margin, but they're playing like pub teams, to be honest. They've got the game, Rapid Vienna have got the geezer on loan from Barnsley playing in their starting team. Oof. That's filth. Yeah. So... I, I, I begrudgingly can see Spurs winning or maybe a, a low-scoring draw. But as you say, with this one, typically over the years, there's been a lot of goals in this game and they do both get up for it. Obviously, Spurs are going to have 2,000 of their fans in the ground. for So well it should be a decent atmosphere compared to other games where there's been no fans in recently. So... Yeah, that one's to look forward to. Then you've got Liverpool Wolves afterwards. Again, that should be a decent game. Wolves are starting to hit a little bit of form now. Obviously, that, oh, mate, that Raul Jimenez oh, injury. I, I, just, I just hope he's all right, you know. Like, as in, as in obviously, he's stable, but I just hope he comes back. Yeah, because it's going to knock him, knock his confidence for one thing, yeah. but also, like, whether he would actually be able to play again with that kind of injury. I don't know how long it takes to heal and stuff, but wish yeah. him all the best. In terms of fantasy, um, I can see yeah, maybe Liverpool scoring a few goals against Wolves. You know, it might not be a shout to get in. I mean, I've had to get rid of Jimenez from my fantasy team, obviously. I didn't, I haven't, I haven't sorted it yet. But that Fabio Silva, you know, that eighteen-year-old lad they've got up front. He's, he's their record signing. Yeah. Oh, do, yeah, the one with the haircuts. Yeah, yeah, he actually looked quite good. I think he, every every yeah. time I've watched him the first couple of games, he didn't look all that. I think he's growing into it, and they've obviously been quite tactical with kind of bleeding him in a little bit. And I think that he might step up a bit. And obviously Liverpool with their injury problems at the back, he might be someone worth, if you've got a little pun, I don't know how much he's worth. He's probably not 
not that the most expensive player on there. It might be worth a little pun, actually. I'm, a, I'm telling you this now. I don't know why I know, but it's going to happen. Roberto Firmino is going to score two goals in that game. He's been Ooh. absolutely crap. But he scored against the Wolves in the past and he came off the bench midweek and he looks like he's benefiting from this rotation that he's getting of Jota coming in. Came in, he looked fresh. Firmino's going to score too. Well, you heard it here first on that one. Um, yeah, so obviously they're the fixtures coming up. We've said some fantasy shouts. You've alluded at a betting tip. We're going to move on to some NFL before wrapping up with a slight tip of the week. So with the NFL man... This is not a week I want to spend too long on in terms of the Bears. The Bears got spanked by the Packers. That's all I want to say about it. It's the derby, isn't it? That as well, Will. That's the big one, isn't it? Absolutely, Phil. Matt Nagy came out and, well, he declared Mitch Trubisky as a starting quarterback because Nick Foles was injured. But it's almost like, is this the last desperate roll of the dice from Matt Nagy before he starts kind of coming under real pressure? He's been named again as a starter against the Lions. This week, I fancy us against the Lions this week. We're still kind of in with a shout of wildcard playoffs. It's, we're going to need to start putting some results together. But that said, the fixture list, if they, you know, you've got to start winning some games, then there's not that many teams easier to start yeah. winning games against than the Lions. So I fancy the Bears to turn it on this week. The defence got absolutely spanked by Packers, more so than I thought it was going to. And they just look yeah. awful without Akeem Hicks in there. Such a blow not having him in and having him injured when he went off against the Vikings. Yeah. I think he's going to be back against the Lions. And what he does is he just stops all of the kind of running game for the opposition. Yeah. And I think that without him in there, it just, you've, got, you've still got people like Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn coming in off the edge, but you don't have anyone in the middle, so they just run it straight up. Um, I, think, I think that the Bears are going to beat the Lions and they're going to be in Wanker this week, but yeah. We'll, we'll yeah, see how that plays out. Even if we get in the playoffs, I'm not hopeful at all because you come yeah. up against a decent team and get spanked like that. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Will, I wanted to ask, you're, you're my NFL man. I don't really know what I'm talking about. At what point at this stage of the season would a team start thinking about draft pick versus, versus playoff? So if you think you're not going to make the playoffs, do you think we need to finish as bad as we can to get a better draft pick? Is that a thing? Um, I don't know because... I think that that only really comes into play for the real shitters at the right at the bottom. Right, okay. Because it's more like the number one, it depends as well on the talent for the year. So obviously like for the Bengals, obviously it didn't pay off, especially because of that injury, which is horrendous luck. But yeah. getting the number one draft pick when you've got someone like Joe Burrow coming through, there's a clear like potential. He's got the potential to be one of the best ever because he's broken all the records at college level. Yeah. But I don't think you know, this year's intake. Obviously, college football's been a little bit disruptive, but I think Notre Dame are doing good at college level this year. But it depends, really. Is there a standout quarterback? And if not, who's going to go? Like, it's always a quarterback that goes number one pick, really, because they're the ones that kind of lead the teams to success and yeah. play every snap. So if there's not that kind of standout prospect, then it doesn't really matter so much, to be honest. Right, okay. And then it's like there's like three or four players that are all similar and it even might be subjective who goes number one pick versus two or three. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the year when the Bears fucking picked up Mitch Trubisky not to keep going on about it instead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, the worst. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. But then I guess 
looking at the other results from last week, the Steelers are still undefeated. And that was um, last night, actually. That game was on 8.30. I don't know if you watched any of it. Yeah, it was tighter than everyone thought it was going to be because the Ravens had a load of COVID players and obviously Steelers undefeated. But they still managed to get the job done. I'm still not convinced by them in terms of like, I don't think they're going to win it. They don't feel like a 16-0 team, do they? No, but um, they might even get, to be honest, looking at their fixtures, they need to beat the Bills. And outside of that, I think it might be the Colts. The rest of them, they, sh- like, they should beat the Bengals and they should beat a lot of the other teams they're playing. But I don't, I don't see them as being Super Bowl contenders, personally, which is weird to say about a team that's unbeaten. But, you know, look at, look at the Chiefs. They've lost one game and yeah, I think the that they look in a different league to the yeah, Steelers. But that. Yeah. that said, the Steelers have got an unreal defence. And to be honest, if you've got a defence like that playing as well as they are, consistently as they are, then you're in with a shout because all you need is one good day from the offence and you can beat anyone. Yeah. Whereas, like, the Chiefs, they can have Patrick Mahomes and they can have Tariq Hill and Kelsey all on fire. But if their defence isn't up to it, then they're just going to concede a load of points. And at the end of the day, if you come up against a good defence, it stops you getting it. Like, I think that's more important when you start talking about championship and Super Bowl team. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, God. So... Spoke about some of the results. Looking forward to this week and also just kind of thinking about the sly tips last week. I think I was one off or two off again. Um, quite frustrating because it started out so well. The Jaguars lost in the last minute to the Vikings, which pissed me off on a number of levels because oh. they couldn't do a field goal to win it in the last minute, which has also fucked the Bears up a little bit. But looking forward to the fixtures. As I mentioned, Bears-Lions, that'll be... I'm hoping the Bears are going to win that one. Looking at some other good games there. Um, I think Packers-Eagles. Packers should walk that. God, really. the Eagles are awful. I can't believe how bad their quarterback, quarterback is this season from looking previously what, what they say before. I was watching it. He could have been MVP standards. Yeah, they've not been at it at all, have they? I don't really have much talent in terms of receivers. and I, I mean, their running back's been injured as well. So it's not the best year for them. They still probably might get the playoffs potentially because they're in that shit house division where yeah. they're all just crap. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so we'll see. But I don't know. Should we just move on to slight tip of the week? Let's go. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll do mine. Um, I think um, despite wearing the Bengals shirt, loving uh, the Bengals, uh, that injury to Joe Burrow just means that and losing to the uh, Giants last week, which is that was so bad. You can't lose to the Giants. I think they might actually, without Burrow, be the worst team in the NFL. So let's go Bengals. Which they were last year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Dolphins to beat Bengals. The Raiders they let me down this week. They lost pretty badly to a rubbish Falcons side, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was something like 40 odd to like 16. It was a real fucking rinsing. But I do, I think that'll be a shock to the system. They'll want to come back and put and put that right. And they're playing the Jets and I believe in their offense. Jets are so bad. Yeah, exactly. So Raiders to beat the Jets. The Rams to beat the Cardinals. I bet you'll get good odds on the Rams because the Cardinals aren't mugs. But, and I think they might have lost a few players recently, the Cardinals. They've slightly got a yeah, few. Yeah, and the Rams lost against the 49ers, which was a little bit of an upset. It was a tight game, well, but yeah. 49ers are decent. But I think everyone kind of rates the Rams. And I think people rate the Rams a little bit, maybe a little bit more than they should this year. But 
we'll see. They've got a good day. Again, they've got a good defence, so it's just all about what happens on the day with the offense for them. So I don't rate the I don't rate the Rams quarterback, but yeah, they've got a good defence and I think the 49ers had a few they've been really, really unlucky with injuries this season. And I think they had a few players come back and then yeah, it was enough yeah. to see against the Rams. Obvious one, your nap is the Seahawks to beat Giants. Like Russell, yeah. I think I'll have a field day against them. Stick your house on it. Yeah, and then uh, I might actually stick my house on it. Yeah, yeah, isn't <laughs> it? Literally, like that—that's a—that's an absolute dead set for me. And then Packers to beat the Eagles. So a few ones where they're not going to be massively bumping it up, but I think the Rams will. Rams uh, will put your odds up on that one. Yeah. Nice. I think we've got a little bit of overlap. I've gone for the Seahawks to beat the Giants as well. I think that's the banker of the week. I think it's about one to five at the moment. It would probably come into about one to seven before the time the game kicks off um, as the money comes in. Then I've also gone for the Raiders, similar to you, to beat the Jets because the Jets are just so bad. I'm back in the Bears this week. It's been a couple of weeks since I've stuck them in the acker and I haven't fancied them at all, but I fancy us to do the Lions. It's going to, what, it's been five straight losses for the Bears after getting five wins in the first six games. So we need to bounce back and I think this is the week to do it. If you want some real value, I'd go at Alan Robinson to get a touchdown in there um, and the Bears to win. But yeah, just the Bears to win on that mainly. Then you've got, I'm going to go for the Colts to beat the Texans. Will, Fuller, Will Fuller's just been done for doing performance-enhancing drugs, which has also killed my fantasy team off a little bit. Oh. I was thinking he got like, I think he got two touchdowns in the first half last week. And I was thinking, fucking hell, he's doing something. And then he comes out, he's been on the old uh, roidies. <laughs> so it's not surprising he's been smashing it. Yeah, yeah. Then to top it off, I'm going for the Saints against the Falcons. And the reason I am is because the, the Falcons... Um, they smashed the Raiders last week and they look quite good. But I think that that flatters them a lot. And that means that you're getting a bit of a better price on the Saints than you should. I think the Saints are going to be Super Bowl contenders again this year. They're going to really? go very close in the play. Well, they usually they get to like kind of conference level of the, of the playoffs and like just fall short of making it to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to be there again this year. Obviously, they don't have the quarterback in, but Taysom Hill seems to just be running it in himself. Um, they're still beating everyone they come across and yeah fancy them to do it so alrighty that's all we've got time for this week remember to tweet us in at SlyFM get your votes in for the Copper Del Christmas semi-finals coming up next week NFL let's go until then keep it on the Sly keep it on the Sly